Good morning. My name's Mandy and it's great to be here with you this morning. We'll be focusing today on Genesis chapter 41, partway through the life of Joseph. And the sermon today is titled, Holding on to the Dreams in the Good Times. It's a little of a hard act to follow after that uh, little script we saw there. Um, I've watched that a couple of times this week and thoroughly enjoyed it. For those of you who've been away through January, uh, here's a quick recap of the last two weeks. Uh, Danny spoke in the first week of January around chapter 37 of Genesis and God having a bigger dream and purpose for Joseph's life and for our lives. Uh, Last Sunday, Pete Moody spoke on Joseph's faithfulness in the hard times with a focus on chapter 39 and 40 of Genesis. Through the hard times, God's plan does not change even though we might find that our circumstances change. And I thoroughly uh, appreciated listening to Hannah and her accounts of her time at Malakuta with Theo's and their experiences there. Today, picking up on chapter 41, Joseph has already experienced some pretty significant highs and lows in his life. But chapter 41 marks a really big improvement in those circumstances. I'd call them big woohoo moments that are about to happen. So just to do that quick recap visually for the kids that are here, I need five volunteers. You're not going to have to do much except stand on stage. Are there any kids that are willing to come up? Uh, Benjamin, you can come up. Yes, yeah, I'll grab both of you boys. Come on, I need a couple of girls. Who's willing to come up? Who's that back there? Yes, Janae, you come up. I need one more. Zara, is that Zara back? Up you come. This might even work to my advantage with height. So stand here and you stand there and you stand there. Yes, if Zara goes on the end, that should work. Okay, so first of all, we have Joseph. Things are going really well. He gets a Technicolor coat. Do you like my coat? It's not mine, actually. I borrowed it. He's the father's favourite, everything's going brilliantly until his brothers decide he's being sold into slavery. Sorry. Put your hands out for me. Because I'm a little boy scout and I kind of <laughs> pretend you're tied up. And so it's not looking uh, particularly good, but when he's sold in Egypt, he ends up in Potiphar's house and the Lord is with him. And he does very well and he's put in charge of the whole of Potiphar's house. Please don't blow my whistle. You're in charge. It could be dangerous. But as they, what did they say in the video? Potiphar's wife was a bit of a jerk face and told lies about him and he ended up in jail. Sorry, Janae, you're going to jail. You just got to push the button and you can get him off later. (laughs) I promise you don't need keys. Mum will get you out later on. So you think, as I thought, the story's ended, he's in jail, but again, the Lord's with him and he does so well in jail. I've lost my badge. Oh. Zara gets put in charge of the whole jail. Okay. You might have to hold your policeman's badge. So we've got the highs and lows. I want you to remember these highs and lows. Um, to me, this represents life. We might put very different highs and lows. Not too many of us might have been sold into slavery or put in charge of the jail. But Joseph's life is representative of our lives and our circumstances. So thank you. You can um, just pop your props on the floor, but you know you'll have to get mum to get you out of those when you go back. You can keep them if you like. 
she's so clever. <laughs> she figured it out all by herself. Okay, you can sit down. Thank you, helpers. Great job. I know you're all thinking there's more props. Yes, there are. Joseph's life so far has been jam-packed. We have love, hate, treachery, jealousy, lust, power, honesty, dishonesty, prophecy, dream interpretation, success, even kindness. These days it would be considered a great script for a reality TV show. However, I'm sure we can all relate to the ups and downs. There are many things we can learn for Joseph, from Joseph's life, but there's just two things that I want to uh, point out today about Joseph's attitude and the way he manages during chapter 41 of Genesis as things just get better and better. Firstly, Joseph always acknowledged God throughout this time. And second, he always remembered God and relied on his wisdom. And overarching all this is the continued knowledge that God had a plan that would be fulfilled and Joseph held on to that dream right through. And I can imagine sitting in jail thinking, I've been given this dream and my family are a very long way away now. How is God fulfilling this? Would have been hard to hang on to. So let me paint the picture. Joseph's been in prison for quite some time and two years previously he'd asked the cupbearer to remember him. The cupbearer had not remembered him to Pharaoh. At the beginning of Genesis chapter 41, Pharaoh has his series of dreams that no one can interpret. And at this point, the cupbearer finally remembers him. Picking up at verse 14 of chapter 41 of Genesis. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon where he was shaved and changed his clothes and came before Pharaoh. This is after a long time in prison. He's cleaned up. He's given new clothes. He's been able to have a shave for the first time in a number of years and able to leave the jail. This is now the moment when Joseph, if he says the right thing, might be able to secure his freedom. Let's look at verse 15 and 16. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I've heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And Joseph said, sure, Pharaoh, no worries, I can interpret your dream. No, he didn't say that. In verse 16, he said, I cannot do it. What? <laughs> Are you crazy, Joseph? You'll be back in prison before you know it. Now is not the time to say, I cannot do it. Kids, this is a bit like at this moment when your brother's done the dishes and mum and dad say, thanks for doing the dishes. Do you take credit or do you admit it was your brother? Adults, you may be th able to think of your own scenario for this. But the full verse 16 says, I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Joseph acknowledges God. It was his moment to shine and secure a place in Pharaoh's favour and hopefully remain free of prison, but he doesn't boast of his own abilities. In acknowledging God, Joseph may well have offended Pharaoh and not even got the chance to share God's interpretation of the dream. 
But in this moment of opportunity, Joseph acknowledges God and waits on God to see what will happen. How often do we do this in the good times? Well done on that project at work. Thanks, God helped me get through it. How come you and your husband get along so well? What's the secret? God in our relationship. Great results in your VCE. Thanks, God was there right through it all to help me. We might say these things with Christian friends, but do we say it to our boss, our cricket mates, the netball team, the cool kids at school, our non-Christian friends, our hairdresser, our doctor? A friend recently shared with me that she had taken her daughter to a specialist appointment and it appeared that the condition her daughter was dealing with was improving and there was no real explanation for this medically. My friend said confidently, well, I've been praying. Deathly silence from the specialist. But she and her daughter unashamedly acknowledged God's working in her daughter's life. And it was a testament and a statement to her daughter too about standing up boldly and acknowledging God. Do we acknowledge God in the good times? I know I find it hard. I don't want to sound too pious, too spiritual, a little bit weird... Sometimes I even forget to thank God but go on my way thinking about my efforts and what I've done well in a particular circumstance. Joseph has spent years in jail. It would be understandable if he decided at that moment when things were looking up that he might take control himself, do what he could to leap into Pharaoh's favour. He might have decided that God's dream really wasn't going to happen But instead he acknowledged God and waited. Joseph repeatedly drew the conversation back to God. In verse 17 to 24, Pharaoh shares his dreams with Joseph. We know the details, skinny cows, fat cows, ragged heads of wheat, plump heads of wheat. When Pharaoh finishes telling his dream to Joseph... Look at verse 25. Joseph says, God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. In verse 28, it is just as, just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. And then again in verse 32, the reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. Pharaoh had no reason to accept what Joseph said. Joseph's God was not Pharaoh's God and Pharaoh could have thrown him back in jail. Look at Pharaoh's response in verse 39 and 40. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater greater than you. Since God has made all this known to you. Pharaoh saw God in Joseph's life and respected him for it. It made Pharaoh acknowledge the true God and his wisdom through Joseph. I find that when I'm brave and acknowledge God, even in those slightly more awkward settings, most people are quite respectful. And at times it leads to a further conversation about my faith and about God in my life. And acknowledging God 
We take an opportunity every time to open that door and see where God's going to lead. For Joseph, it led to some amazing blessings and a great witness of his true faith in God. This brings me to my second point. Over the next seven years of abundance and onwards, as Egypt went through feast and then famine, Joseph continued to rely on God and God's wisdom. Look what happened to Joseph after he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, this is verse 41 to 46, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen, put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. And people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift a hand or foot in all Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name zaphnath paneah and gave him Asenath, daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, to be his wife. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and travelled throughout Egypt. These are pretty significant woohoo moments. I'm just going to demonstrate again just how big this was. So I need a Joseph from the audience. Any volunteers of a... Oh, young man, could you come up and be Joseph for me? Thank you. So, let's go through this in order. Pharaoh got his signet ring, or my op-shop ring, and put it on Joseph's finger. Then he was given gold necklaces from the op-shop. Put your gold necklaces on. Then linen robes. Oh, you better put your hat on too because it took me a long time to make it. Well done. Uh, he gave, so people are shouting, make way. You're getting creative there, Luke. And they gave him a chariot. See my chariot? Craft is not my um, skill, as you can see. You need to hold your chariot, dear. Oh, and then he got a wife. He was given a wife. Do I, oh, look, here's an Egyptian wife I prepared earlier. Up you come. <laughs> Here we go, his Egyptian wife, and they got to travel. He got to travel all around. He even had two sons later on. Could you boys come up here, please? You might have to get down on your knees, Joseph. Uh, Jackson, you might need to get down on your knees, sorry. Bob, you're going to need to bob too or you'll be taller. These are the two Egyptian sons. So. so life is going very well for Joseph, as you can see. Okay, you can sit down, thank you. You can take it all with you if you want, Luke. Feel free. So Joseph is only 30. He's become extremely powerful and wealthy man. But hang on, God's big plan was not for Egypt to flourish. It was for the nation of Israel to flourish. I wonder if Joseph found this plan difficult to understand at this point. Joseph spends seven years collecting grain throughout Egypt. At no point during these seven years did he say, maybe God got it wrong. Maybe I can slack off a bit. Stop worrying too much about storing grain. The famine may not even be coming. Joseph actually went above and beyond to make sure he did his job thoroughly. 
Verse 48 and 49. Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain, like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping record because it was beyond measure. We don't get any sense in those scriptures that Joseph lauded his power over others, that he ignored God's interpretation of Pharaoh's dream, or that he chose Egyptian gods over the one true God. He may well have been under a lot of pressure, considering he was given the high priest of On's daughter for a wife and was given an Egyptian name. Joseph was enjoying the high life, was immersed in this foreign culture that worshipped other gods. And he could have easily enjoyed this life and forgotten God's plan. Have you ever experienced that new group of friends, a new club you've joined, maybe a new workplace where you wanted to fit in? When things are going well, you may want to blend in with the crowd, make friends, enjoy being someone new even. Is it at this point that you take a stand for your faith? Mention you're at church on the weekend? Or maybe holding a a different opinion on a contentious issue where a biblical worldview is not appreciated? When things are going well and we're fitting in, it's sometimes even harder to stand up for our faith and to follow God's wisdom and plan. Here is what is said of Joseph during, during the seven years of feast when he had his two sons, verse 51 and 52. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my troubles and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Joseph holds true to God's plan and God's wisdom and he's acknowledging God during the suffering and the time of fruitfulness. Why is it often harder to remember God in the good times? Is it because we don't have to rely on him as much? Do we fall into the trap of thinking our own talent and ability will get us where we want to be? Even as we do God's work, we can become consumed with the tasks and successes, not God's wisdom and the bigger dream of others coming to know God. This theme is not just evident in the story of Joseph, but in numerous passages throughout Scripture. In Proverbs 30, verses 7 to 9, O God, I beg two favours from you. Let me have them before I die. First, help me never to tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is this Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs, for if I grow rich, I may deny you. Likewise, Paul acknowledges when writing to the Philippians in in chapter 4, verses 12 to 13. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. 
I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul understands the danger of being too content, having the good times take over and being lulled away from relying on God. Joseph's life displays truisms for all of us today. While we may not have brothers who sold us into slavery, although my children claim equal levels of injustice at times, we have all experienced highs and lows. The extent of this varies for us all and I can't fully understand anyone's darkest days and highest highs. I do know that when things go wrong for me, I become keenly aware of my increased prayer focus and greater hunger for God's love and his word. The challenge in Genesis chapter 41 for me has been to continue to focus on God in the good times, to allow his purpose and plan and rely on his wisdom. I can get so easily caught up in the doing and when success comes, focus on my own abilities that got me there rather than acknowledging God and his bigger dream. I may find it harder to acknowledge God in in certain circumstances and actually need to be bold about stating his purpose and plan for my life. Some practical things I'm learning to do as I've been studying Genesis chapter 41 and looking at Joseph's life to help me acknowledge God and remember him in the good times. I've been setting reminders to myself to be thankful, keeping a gratitude journal, finding opportunity in my day to acknowledge God both privately and publicly, following God's leading and wisdom, even when the world may be telling me I will find success on a different path. Seeking out this wisdom in his words, not just running to it when things get hard. Not ever letting my successes be about my ability, but acknowledging God's working through me. Joseph's original dream of his brothers and parents bowing down to him is now a long way behind him and many downright horrid things have happened along the way. But in this new phase of life where things get better and better, Joseph continues steadfastly to acknowledge God and continue to rely on God's wisdom. There's not been an answer or fulfilment of the original dream. There's no obvious link yet to Joseph's recent successes. Yet Joseph remains steadfast in his thankfulness to God and holds faithfully to the dream. Let us too hold on to God's dream. Acknowledge him in the good times and the hard times and hold steadfastly to his plan and wisdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the life of Joseph. We thank you for the many, many things that we can learn through the experiences that he has been through. Thank you that he continued to acknowledge you. Thank you that you have a bigger plan and picture for each one of us here. Help us to rely on your plan and your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen.